Hey, Kate. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> Doing okay. We lost Liz, I guess, you know, it's a little bit discouraging, but we can do this. Yeah, absolutely. She'll be missed, but we have lots to talk about. We do have lots to talk about. And I guess a question I have for you is, um, I got asked by a coachee a few weeks ago if I'd read the book, The Prince. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading it like maybe in high school, <laughs> but I really didn't uh, recall much of it, honestly. And um, I got to see you and Liz last weekend, a week ago today. I was out there. So um, I read that book on the way out. And then I I got to talk to that coachee again this week. And, you know, it's real. It's real what people are feeling, um, at least among my coaches, about how leaders are just coming in and cleaning house and moving as fast as they possibly can and taking control and and also kind of nuancing their way in uh, to all this to lead in a very command and control way, changing a lot of stuff, which it, it it's it's weird. It's upsetting. It's depressing. It's all that stuff because everything we read about leadership and HBR and all the books and all the bestsellers is not that. Yeah. So didn't I know what your experience was. Yeah. I haven't read the Prince, but, um, I was reflecting on Merrick Garland's testimony this week. Um, and as I was thinking about it, I was like, who wants that job and it is the person who and I'm not saying this about Merrick Garland but just his testimony and him being in the hot seat and him I don't know if you listen to any of it but just being interrupted time after time and time again with the with people trying to characterize him as as something that he isn't um not even letting him answer the question that that they asked um and just how I don't, I wouldn't want that with, you know, I wouldn't touch that with the 10 foot pole, I guess they say, right? The idiom is, and just thinking about like, what gives people the, like that drive for power, mm-hmm. that drive for like, my way is the only way, um, that conviction that nobody else in the room has anything worthwhile that I am the savior um and just the the hubris that that comes with mm-hmm. uh, and I'm also reflecting on the bad rap that women leaders get and how and this isn't you know people say that or the research tells us that Machiavellianism is less female than male but there certainly are are, fem- are women leaders who have this but that that collaboration, that letting voices be heard um, technique, that care technique, and again, not all women, not all men, um, but it just gets a bad rap because the results that a command and control system gets is typically like, it, it, it's not subtle, it's very loud. Right. And we tout the big ones, the explosion, like the turnaround, the, you know, whatever. 
those are headlines, you know, it's salacious versus the slow churn of like, I got everyone's opinion. And, and then we formed a strategic in, endeavor that, that turned this around over three years, right? That doesn't, that's not salacious. It doesn't get the headlines. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not dramatic. Right. But it's better for all people involved. Yeah. And it's long-term sustainable. It is a positive culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm doing consulting in Detroit. So I can compare that Detroit culture to Toyota mm-hmm. because I lived close to a Toyota plant several years ago and Toyota just generally is committed to their workforce. They refuse when at all possible to do layoffs because they see layoffs as a leadership failure. Yeah. That when you're an employee of that organization, you should be there for life and it's long term. And yeah, everybody needs to flex and shift as the company grows or, or changes. But you know, they they've got you, they've got that commitment. Completely different from the union environment in Detroit and the three motors and the command and control and bravado and ego. And yeah, you said it the loud. Shocking. <laughs> yeah well and there's a lot of bravado in that there's I did this look at me go Mm -hmm. and when you're tooting your own horn you're gonna get the eyeballs on you Mm -hmm. when you're quietly just excelling at your job Mm -hmm. (laughs) right it's like you know I did operations for a number of years and when everything's going well, it means that we're working our li- ever-living butts off to make yeah. sure that it goes well. Our little feet underneath the water are like <laughs> spinning like crazy, but you don't get attention for that. You get attention for saving the day when the when something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always looked at that as like, well, that's the opposite of what I want to do. I don't want to have to you know, we used to call it the foxhole. I don't want to have to gather a bunch of people in the foxhole while we fight whatever happened that hopefully, you know, was outside of our control and that's why we're in it. But, you know, maybe it could have been prevented had we done something different. Mm-hmm. It's so. all of that. It's also kind of this divisiveness that is created. You're either with me or you're against me. Mm-hmm. And if I sniff in any way that you're against me, you're out. Yeah. You're dead to me. Cause I can't use you to further my endeavor. I can't use you to get what I want, what I know is right. Mm-hmm. But I think about like the, that bet wins only sometimes. Mm-hmm. And again, we hear about them because they're big and salacious and, and, you know, and, and headline driven, but it only, it only bets for, you know, it only wins for a short period of time. And it only wins occasionally mm-hmm. because we know that we're not the absolute smartest people in the room all the time. You know, it takes a lot of people to get something done, especially if it's important in a complex system. It is so. the antithesis. It's the antithesis of DEI and B. It's the antithesis of really appreciating the different opinions, the different backgrounds, histories. It's different than creating a safe environment for people to express themselves. And Terry's been cruiser. <laughs> so in my career, I have very rarely worked for, worked directly with a command and control leader. Uh, 
Um, in tech, the last five years, it was a little bit of a cult of personality. And um, that person was replaced by someone who was very much a, we we don't win with, with me leading at all. Like he was very collaborative. He was very, um, uh, he, he just was, he's like, I'm not, I'm smart. You're smart. If we're both, you know, putting our, our work inside, then, then we'll come up with a smarter solution. And then he also shared, um, credit amongst all the people. Wow. And the day, I know, right. The CEO <laughs> and the day that he he was interim and then um, came in as, as a permanent CEO. That day, I went down to the museum store. I lived in um, Santa Clara and, and we have this museum store where you could buy Intel merchandise or technology merchandise. Um, and um, I went down there and bought a new like sweater for my, my mm. office because I was proud to work there again. Mm. It'd been a while since I was really proud. And then unfortunately, um, he was replaced by a new CEO that has the very opposite direction. Um, and that was a slow decline over my happiness, my engagement with the company, my willing to do whatever it takes for the company. Um, it was a pretty sad day. Yeah. But directly working for command and control, um, had, I've had very little of in tech. Thank goodness. Knock on woods. <laughs> yeah. And yet you experienced a powerful shift mm -hmm. and you're no longer working there. Right. And layoffs happen multiple times under this new leader. And it's this I'm thinking about other, other technology leaders, like, you know, this company's chubby and fat and doesn't you know we don't need this many engineers and blah 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 and then the degradation of those tools that we have in our um in our life that no longer work as good mm -hmm. you know and and how maybe but you know 15 percent of the workers <laughs> of what used to work there and the way that they did it and it hasn't added shareholder value it hasn't enticed advertisers to keep going Right. So I think, I hope that we know better that we're giving less stock in the command and control environment, at least for the, the big companies that I'm familiar with. I'm sure in there's pockets of it because it, it does tend to work at least for a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's very short term thinking. And it can work and it is loud. And for those that love an ego boost, whew, it it provides. <laughs> yeah, it does. For that one person though, no one else feels good in the system. <laughs> oh, everybody else is fear-based going right back to fight, flight, freeze, reactionary thinking, bracing. Not doing their best thinking at all. Not oh, able to innovate. And that, I think that's why this, the command and control gets the, gets the props because in absence of psychological safety no one does their best thinking and therefore it elevates the one person even more oh yeah and then you know their confirmation bias of well nobody else has an idea that's because you scared it out of them 
the just because your pedestal keeps rising because you feel more and more smart <laughs> and alone. Yeah, as the dead bodies get piled underneath it. And up. <laughs> yeah, and they sit there and go, oh, you stupid one, you stupid one. I, I knew better. So what are you telling your clients about how to, how to deal with it? <sighs> I've, I've done some research and the best I can come up with so far is, um, many of these individuals are, are pretty char- char- charismatic, um, at least to start and they act friendly and they, they act like they want to get to know you, um, at least for 90 days before they you know, start doing their thing. And and so I've just told them, try to stay focused on why you're there. Try to stay focused on the mission and purpose of the organization or the company. Don't get sucked into giving personal really anything. Um, because, uh, you know, the trend is they tend to use it against you later. Yeah. Don't trust them. Yeah. And feel out, uh, if you're with them or against them, just always be about the company or the product or, or whatever it is. And, and, you know, don't be offish, but just don't get personal. Don't offer too much. Um, you just don't know, you know, if you give it six months or a year and, and they still, um, are certainly on their pedestal, but, but aren't using it against you, then maybe you can start to loosen up a little bit, but, um, and then just be careful, do, do your very best. Don't compete with them. So if they come in with an idea and, and they're offering something and you've been there a while and don't definitely don't, this won't work here. No, but also don't compete. And well, I hear you, but here's an idea that I think would work. No, um, they're really there to be large in charge and to win. Yeah, I, I'm reflecting on um, when my team was going through some layoffs and they were scared. And my response to them was always, we keep doing our job until we don't have jobs to do. Mm-hmm. And that's the best way to kind of power through something like this is do your job to your utmost ability. Don't get roped into the politics and, you know, getting pit against your peers because no one's going to win. They're both going to be like idiots. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love what you're saying about like, don't trust the individual. They're not your friend. They're your boss. They're your manager. Um, They're your leader. Um, and then you got to make the call over whether or not you want to trade your life, your hours, your passion, your love for that company. If it's still someplace that you want to be, see if you have other options. Yeah, that that's a big one too. It's do not think if you work more or do more stuff, it's going to get you somehow ingratiated with this individual and work yourself to death for nothing. In fact, do the opposite work your hours and do your good work, but double down on self-care, self-compassion, bringing yourself that energy and life and vibrancy in other ways. Um, really reflect on who do you love in your life? Um, what do you love doing in your life? And if it was work and career before, 
maybe it's a good reset. Yeah, I love that from just the standpoint of having, having over-identified with my work life in the past, mm -hmm. um, when that's gone, it really feels like nothing. And so making sure that you've got other interests outside of work, because it doesn't matter if you save the day with them and that particular instance, there's another thing around the corner. There is just another and another, and another it's, it's a beast that cannot be satiated. Exactly. So knowing what your values, what your boundaries, what you stand for, I think is so important when dealing with someone, because you do get scared. Mm -hmm. You, you get fearful for your job. Mm -hmm. It feels like you're going to lose. Um, even if it was a job that you didn't particularly care for in the past, all of a sudden someone, it's risky. So you're like, no, you can't have it. It's mine. <laughs> it's mine. Um, but it's that opportunity to say, okay, do I want to be aligned with this company in the way that it's 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 being in the market these days? Or is there another option? Because um, sometimes, oftentimes there is another option. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes lots of them. Mm -hmm. You said, know your values, which I absolutely agree with. And component of that is also knowing your value and how you calculate your value. Um, I had a different client this morning, even who is trying to do great things and left the workforce and trying to build her own company, but she quickly is getting back to, but I'm not earning enough money and, and I don't need money, but I, I need to and so we had have that conversation. How do you place value on you and, and how you spend your time? Is it money? Is it how many projects? Is it achievement and success or what really is it and should it be? So, yeah. Yeah. That one's really important to me because um, for a long time, I didn't, I was under the guise that my value was very much what I produced. And so it, it wasn't, you know, human connection. It wasn't, um, it, was, it was straight ahead, like, I completed this project, I did it really well, I got all the kudos, I got the award, $500 extra in my in my recognition card, whatever. Um, and then on to the very next one, because you're only as good as the last thing that you did. Um, and what I missed was the human connection. I, there were people that I worked with, but I wasn't, wasn't making the world a better place through my endeavors. Mm -hmm. I wasn't making it a shittier place, but I wasn't making it a better place. Mm -hmm. um, but I was feeding that beast of, you know, what I value. Mm -hmm. I value the kudos. I valued the, you know, whatever. But it, that that hamster wheel is just that. It's round. <laughs> round. I'm actually seeing you as a robot. <laughs> next thing. What's the next thing? They say we're supposed to celebrate the win. <laughs> Woo. okay not really fast so we can check that box and do it right and then let's go on to the next thing yeah um but there wasn't deep human connection there wasn't there wasn't love there wasn't joy there wasn't anything outside of the hamster wheel so that idea of what yardstick am I measuring myself by money is easy because our society is like if you're wealthy then then you're, you're capitalistic <laughs> yeah 
you can buy more things. Um, I mean, but but when we really start like picking that apart, do do we need it, right? Mm -hmm. Or what's more important to us? Mm -hmm. Where can we, you know, go and branch out? How can we redefine that yardstick for ourselves? Mm -hmm. Be creative about it. Because I think the monetary one is, it's it's been done. Mm -hmm. We see what happens. <laughs> yeah. The outcome's not that great, planet. <laughs> right. So is there a different way that we can go about doing it? Yeah. So when you have coaches like this or in similar predicaments, what, what do you suggest or recommend? A lot of what I've already said, as far as like, you know, it's a good time to kind of lay it all out and examine it and, and, and make choices. Um, but I think the, um, I've gotten kind of in my, in my past, I've gotten caught up with this person needs to like me. So therefore, like I have to try really hard. Um, and that has always felt like eggshells, right? You're, you're, you're tiptoeing around making sure like you're laughing at jokes that you don't think are funny. <laughs> yeah. And that inauthenticity, A, is really hard to sustain and B, doesn't allow for you to do your best work. So my recommendations are to, you know, take stock, have visual cues over what's important to you so that because in this world where you know there is this chaos and this personality and the demands and and you know the wind shift as they do um it's really hard to be anchored mm -hmm. so whatever cues you need to make sure that you're holding fast to something that's real mm -hmm. is super important because these personalities tend to make life feel not real yeah and for me, it's been a little bit in the space of like, am I crazy? <laughs> am I? Because we are all going along <laughs> with this, whatever this is. Um, am I the crazy one or are we all thinking it and no one's brave enough? So, you know, be cautious, take stock, be in control of what you want and need in your life and what's important to you. I like your visual cues comment too. So any more insights there? What are, what are some examples? So I get, I have post-it notes. Um, <laughs> um, I've used them at various times because on my monitor or whatever, because I was in tech. So I work, I look at the computer a lot, yeah. um, but it could be if you have a desk or if you have a screensaver on your phone, right? You can change all those things to kind of make sure that you're, back you know that you're you're anchoring yourself to what is is your thing um i've used a, a screensaver on my phone to um it said this too shall pass <laughs> so it doesn't you know it's not it's not you know poking at anybody someone could see it and whatever but i would see it again and again this too shall pass this too shall pass right and that was a reminder to myself just to wait it out mm-hmm because it, no, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Mm -hmm. It will pass. Good Either things, way. Bad things pass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and raising kids, right? 
wait two weeks, there will be another thing that they're into. You know, the older they get, the the slower that process. But when they're little, little, like just wait a couple of weeks, they will <laughs> they will no longer be crying themselves to sleep at night. But then they'll have something else. So this too shall pass. It'll it'll go into something else, and that's how business is too. Yeah. Yeah, it's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Well, that gives me some more good ideas. <laughs> Wonderful. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. <laughs> it's hard stuff. It is. It is hard stuff. And it's hard to see people struggling, but they have you as their coach. And that is fantastic because that's going to help them be able to get anchored and be able to weather the storm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye-bye.